0: Good. That's, that's um, good is this that. is this like a an ASMR style podcast? Because I can, I can get real, uh, real close if that. If it that is. Helps. It is
1: whatever style you think the the viewing public, the listening public would like to would like to hear. So I think my favorite thing to-
0: about Goosebumps is uh, how quietly everyone speaks. Um, Having never seen Goosebumps before, I thought that was actually pretty good. Like, I I enjoyed watching that. <laughs> Bro, really? Yeah. Like, as, as, like, episodes of, like... I was expecting it to be so much worse. Like, I've got my criticisms, obviously, you know obviously, me. Obviously. <clears throat> but I I actually... The acting for the main kid, that was a good child actor. The, the main kid, I thought it was, like Because um, you see, by, by comparison, his friend Will fucking like, terrible actor
2: well, I, thought, great. I
0: thought i really thought will was dazed. yeah oh i thought will was an awful actor no
1: i think no. i got creepy
0: vibes off of Will, and i think hey, yeah i know <laughs> he yeah I, I i did make a note it was like you finally made a friend and you're being such a twat to him why is like this is <laughs> well he has to make a friend you and he's just like, well, yeah I I don't know I, I actually I, I thought Will Will's acting was pretty poor but I thought the the kid but one thing actually he did use a lot of mannerisms that a child would not use we'll get to this in the episode yeah. I'm sure
1: yeah I mean usually we just kind of go through uh, chronologically yeah just kind
0: of <laughs> I've
1: got chronological
0: notes I've got I've got page sure. and then another page and then a bit it's
2: so way- around
0: two pages two A five pages.
2: That's way more than the like total amount of preparation I've done for all of the episodes.
0: To be frank
1: with you, we watched this earlier today. i Yeah. The, the Goosebumps wiki up on
0: my phone to remember what the names of all the characters were. <laughs> oh, I made I made a couple of notes. Uh, it's Emily and boy, Grady. 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 Emily and Grady Tucker Taylor. Tuck- Taylor. They're, they're tucker. Grady Tucker. Classic, but it was Will Blake. Um, it was also Mr. and Mr. and Mrs. I've got hot parents, I've got to say, you know.
2: I pretty didn't good. get this.
0: I'm not I, I'm not sure what you were talking about with the, with with the, the hot dad. dad, yeah. He was just the most some, grand, average something no, nah, but like, it's something about him, and he had nice views. And I was like, this guy. I I was was like, views. Well, yeah, well, like he was like, look, the, the chill vagrant guy, he's never done anything to hurt anybody, don't be prejudiced. I was like, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Mister Tucker. <laughs> mm. Also, I, I don't know, we need to save some conversation for Letty, I imagine. But what kind of scientists are they supposed to be? <laughs> like, they've got the deer in the pen and they're watching their behaviour. He's also dissecting a rabbit and there's some boiling chemicals next to him. <laughs> and I'm like, I think they just googled science or like, yeah, shit, this'll do. <laughs> He was doing like uh, food colouring science, in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, like, also um, astronomy, obviously as well. That was like another thing. I did, <laughs> I did think like they. Well, but like Apparently, they were both <laughs> the ones looking at deer behaviour. <laughs> I like the idea of what's your experiment? What do deer do in a swamp? <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's science, baby. <laughs> release,
2: absolute, release. The science that he's doing is what do children do in a swamp?
0: He's, he released, like, what, like, seven deer at most into a swamp? Like, I feel like that's not really enough to be like, we've established a deer community in the swamp, and here's how they're doing. <laughs> there, there are so many points, right, at which, like, Grady has evidence that weird things are happening. He just doesn't mention it. He immediately plums for, it's a werewolf. So, like, well, a man did catch you in a net and drag you into his house. And, and you immediately say, yeah, he doesn't bring that up. Right, shall we shall we get into recording the episode? Oh wow. I've already I I've already delivered anything. I hate to say it, I've delivered some of my better material already.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't I know that. if you, you can see the
0: microphone here. I can. I can see the uh,
1: microphone. <laughs> you for us are on top of a stack of about six books. Okay.
0: You you for me are on, on my desk, um, where I keep my, my computer. Not all. Oh,
1: yeah. He's, I mean, I'm
0: living, I'm, this is my childhood bedroom on my parents' house. So, like, being like, he's an adult, I feel like you got the wrong end of the stick here, my friend.
1: You have a desk. You have a desk. We have uh, a old-out chair with some books on it.
0: <laughs> well, what I would say is, is, this is the desk where I keep my gaming desktop. I'm currently recording on my laptop, um, which I've also placed here. So, like, again, it's not, I, I give perhaps the illusion um, of adulthood, but it is very much a, a falsity. I'm hoping you can keep that composure for,
1: for the audience. I think they need an adult in the room because we're often... <laughs> Drunk.
0: Bad. Mm. So what's, the, what's the, the, like, the setup here? What's the Does structure? How... To <laughs> uh, look, I did my homework, which was watch two episodes of this TV show, which, as I say, genuinely better than I expected. I had low expectations. I also love R.L. Stein being there um... at the beginning of the end. My, my question is, are we already in the swing of this? Are we already? Is this the podcast or is this like the pre-podcast preamble?
2: This is basically what the podcast they sounds They often blend like, but, into each other. Yeah. We normally do like a bit to, like Ollie will <laughs> say, like, we're starting the show now and then we're like, ah, you know, this is who's here and so on. We could just do okay. it.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Goose Stump. It's a new episode today and we've got a
0: guest. Oh
2: boy, who is it?
0: It's me. I'm Joe. Hi, Joe. Who um, are you? Hello, I'm I'm Joe. I'm a I'm a I'm a friend of Ollie and Gemma's from our, our university days, where we used to make delightful videos together, and also some other ones that weren't so good. That sounds weird. Don't take it out of context. Uh, I'm I'm delighted to be here. Truly, uh, I've I've long been a fan of the idea of goosebumps. So naturally, a chance to finally uh, express myself to it. Uh, it's great. Although I do, I, I do remember reading a couple of the Goosebumps books when I was younger. I remember the, um, I can't remember what it was called, but the haunted car one, where there's a sports car that eats people, naturally. Um, <laughs> are, you, are you thinking of Christine, the um, Stephen King novel? No, weirdly, there is also a. I'm pretty sure there's a Goosebumps. I, I I can't be wrong on this. It'd be so embarrassing. It was like, yeah, I've read a couple of Goosebumps myself. Uh, it was called The Very Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs> um, no, I need to. I need to. I'm going to Google this on my phone quickly because if I'm if I'm wrong,
1: there is there is a certain kind of uh, horror to the to the
0: hungry hungry. Oh, it's it's straight up. just called the Haunted Car insatiable hunger is, I think, He's very relatable. Uh, real fans would know. exactly actually the 21st book in the series, from oh. the Goosebumps series 2000, okay. which was well, first published well. in 1999. <laughs> 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 Naturally. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was a good one. Um, I remember it had a spooky car on the front cover, and I got it out of the school library and was like, oh boy, I'm going to shit myself. <laughs> um, luckily, I didn't, to my knowledge. Not even out of fear, just additionally, oh no. There there, there is a (laughs) chance that like, look, I was, I was, you know, in primary school, I was a young lad. There was a chance that I did read that book and shit myself. I don't think that these are linked events. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Anyway, that's, that's Joe, our guest for for (laughs) this. That's Joe! This is is (laughs) me. Might have shit myself some years ago. I hope not, but I can't guarantee it. Being the first on a podcast to broach, I think,
1: the fact that even though we sit here and critique Goosebumps, we ourselves have made some shockingly awful videos of our own.
2: Yo, (laughs) Um, I think we have mentioned a bad video in the past. Th- goose think... wrangling—we've definitely brought up goose wrangling.
1: No, no, I don't think we've ever explicitly said that we ourselves um, have worked in the
0: in the medium of film before. Because I
2: want to retain some credibility.
0: So Hang on, wait—the the goose wrangling—is that the, the like the short film that, that you guys made at the beginning of the the uni year yeah. when I was? Yeah, I, I was so happy with that. I thought it was great, and I think mm. everybody else got a bit tired of me going on about how funny I thought your video was. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't bring it up, being like, guys, we've done it. <laughs> look at this, look at this team. They smashed it out of the park. A documentary I about...
2: Your fav- my favourite thing that you said about that video was definitely um, talking about me and my boyfriend at the time. There's no believable romance between you two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, biting commentary, I think. In- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, just, I, just, I just remember it being very, very funny. It didn't make any sense really whatsoever when you think about it. But I'd, I mean, I'd, li- I'd like to think that also we, we did make some other good things, you know? Yeah, there were, there were definitely some good moments. Sock so puppet drama,
2: was... the three of us have been wizards together.
0: That's true. Oh, yeah. In a way, that could be a Goosebumps. You know, <laughs> three, three, three characters who uh, accidentally turn themselves into sock puppets. Uh, and then go on a go on a rampage in the world of the Soul puppets. I mean that's pretty. It's pretty horrifying. In it world. was. Right. Woman. discovering that you're a monster. Um, <laughs> just a real bastard. <laughs> like not 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 a monster in a sort of a mythological sense, but just a dick. <laughs> I think that's the worst kind of discovery to make.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not relatable to me because I'm perfect. But I, I. But I think that's that.
0: That's theoretically an interesting segue to the episode because. Does our dear friend Grady Tucker in fact discover that he's not a werewolf, he's just a dick? <laughs> <laughs> we never see him turn into a wolf. What we do is see him howling in the middle of the night, which, like, come on, man, your family are sleeping upstairs. Is this really what do you want to spend your spare time doing?
1: <laughs> you say he you say spend his spare time doing, like, this is a hobby for, <laughs> for Grady. We all knew kids that would do that, though. Do what? Howl. Just howl, and, yeah. I, I've not known any kids who would just howl. You must have.
2: It's for like, sure. I have. I mean, yeah. like I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of strange <laughs> noises. and uh, go so like hiss at you all the
1: time. Oh, is this one of one of those nerd kid things like Naruto
0: running? Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. All same right. people, same oh, cool. people are howling when Naruto running.
0: I mean, I, I don't I know. know. I feel like for me, it's kind of more like recreationally making strange noises as opposed to like <laughs> cosplaying as a werewolf. Not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily, huh. uh, but it's not really my scene. <laughs> anyway, this is all way off topic. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrangle
1: us back around to the beginning okay. of the episode,
2: a goose
1: like a goose would. <laughs> Not like a man who wrangles a goose, but the goose itself does <laughs> it's tend okay. to bring stories right, back. Yeah, you.
2: I'm gonna bring the story back to the start of the yeah. episode, in which a family is being dragged to the swamp.
0: Yeah, the swamp, presumably like Florida, they have swamps, right? They didn't. They didn't sound super southern but it was swampy. In fact, one of, one of my earliest notes, I made quite a few notes here, is that it's a remarkably dry-looking swamp, more of a wood, actually, was what I put. There, there, is, there is some bogginess in the very centre of what I would otherwise describe as quite a dense, you know, miniature forest. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wood. It's a wood. A large copse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a very, very small swamp at the centre of it, is what we're saying.
0: Yeah, there's basically, there's a large puddle um, that is the source of... <laughs> Uh, a lot of a lot of issues, but there's also classic swamp fog. That's how you know it's a swamp. It's all it's all misty. Do you do you know the difference between mist and fog? Personally, I don't. I, I gather there is actually like a, a real, you know, weathery difference. That's not the term. meteorological. Is that too big scale for the nah, fogs and
2: mists? Out. Um, I don't know. What the difference is? I feel I'm not, like I'm not I've read different... the answers
1: to that in the in the show notes. Unfortunately, I didn't make a distinction you just between
0: didn't. missed and fire. <laughs>
2: didn't prepare enough.
0: The... <laughs> this... I've got I've got two pages of notes here. Uh, none of them, sadly, clarify what the difference between those two <laughs> things is. But my first note, actually, as now you've talked about the fact that the family get uh, dragged to the swap, uh, is that I'm really glad that um, the kids bowl cuts are in style. I think it's great. Greggy Tucker's got one of the worst haircuts I've ever seen. It's 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 pure mid '90s, and I absolutely love it. What I also love is that later on, when he runs, his bowl cut then splits into curtains. It's really like having having a haircut that could be two totally different types of bad on the one same head. Delightful. See what's
1: great about that is that, uh, I, as you said, we've not seen any other episodes of Goosebumps moving moving behind us. They all have that haircut, <laughs> which leads me to believe that in the 90s, parents didn't have time to, like, groom their kids and just gave them the easiest haircut they could find.
0: The bowl cut. It's, it's... The thing is, right, I feel like there must be similarly easy haircuts that look better, right? I mean, simply, like, buzzing your child's hair off. I feel like
1: it's probably... That's, that's like, too much
0: for a skinhead like, That's not quite, quite... Yeah, you might... You, you, your child might develop connotations at school that we not necessarily want. Oh no, my, oh, my, uh, nice. my child has accidentally joined a prison gang because they're a
2: skinhead. I feel like just boy fashion. Particularly in the '90s, was just baggy everything, like those baggy jacket, like bomber jacket things, baggy, baggy hair. trousers.
0: Baggy <laughs> hair. he's got he's got this really nice overshirt, very baggy. His jeans super baggy. It's um, it's it's incredible. I love the looseness of the shapes. It really makes it hard to work out who's who actually you know, this person is you know, underneath <laughs> underneath all that loose fabric.
2: I love that we've we've made a whole podcast in which sort of almost. By definition, every episode is going to have at least 10 minutes about berating a child <laughs> for, their, for their fashion sense, largely. Or for their appearance. Uh, I,
0: I, do, I do want to say, though, I do want to clear, I actually like Grady Tucker as a character. I think he is a good, strong character. Wrong. I, I think he's stronger than many of the other Goosebumps characters we've had in that there's
1: less of him. Yeah. Like, I think he's got one thing, and that's being the child of a family who notices the bad thing and likes the dog.
0: Yeah, I thought He's, he's brave, it. he's principled, uh, he's <laughs> kind to animals, uh, he, he makes friends, he, he befriends the very weird neighbour child, uh, Will Blake, who I'm sure we'll get to later. In what I would just call it an act of compassion, because <laughs> there's any way, any way that Will Blake is getting friends other than that, as, as I'm sure we'll return to later. I also love how Emily... Who is, uh, who's, who's Grady's sister, is just classic protagonist sister. It's the classic teen sister, like, oh, I miss my friends. Oh, everything's so boring. Roll in my eyes. Very mid-90s. like It's it's so mm, underdeveloped, writers that hate teenage girls, basically. I,
2: I really related to this one. I really liked her because two twofold reasons. Number one, dragged to the swamp. I feel like I was also dragged to the swamp when I was taken to Devon against my will. And she reacts to <laughs> in Exactly the same way that I did. She's yeah. like, Ugh, "Bugs, I, I'm not scared. I just hate them. I don't." Want
0: to where be- were you? Where were you prior to Devon? Sorry, I, I, I assumed you were you were a Devonite. Is that the term? Oh, Devonic. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've, you, you've got the aura.
2: No, <sighs> that's the worst thing you've ever said to me.
0: You just you just have kind of like a West Country vibe. I don't know what I, to say. I feel like you must be joking at this point. No, I feel like you, you know, know—something about you. It's just like half the personality
2: is hating the West Country.
0: Yeah, but I just thought that was self-loathing. You know, <laughs> I didn't—I didn't, I didn't really ask any questions. I was like, "Oh, there's Gemma, just beating herself up again."
2: I'm upset. My my disappointment is immeasurable, and my
0: day is ruined. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to say I did like Emily. I just thought she was written in like the, the classic, this is a TV show for boys, and my older sister sucks. Yeah, yeah. Which, as a boy with an older sister, I get it. Absolutely. <laughs> 10 out of 10.
1: <laughs> so, I wanna, I'm going to call you out immediately on uh, an inconsistency here, right? because Grady oh. has the exact same, I hate it here, attitude as M.O. I didn't read a, yeah, a difference he does. between their
0: attitudes. What I'm, what I'm saying, I suppose, is that I feel like the 100%. writers gave... The writers gave... No, no. Like it's, it's, if anything, it's actually the opposite. Uh, actually, I'm very progressive here. Because I feel like the writers gave Grady a personality because it's about him. They couldn't be bothered to give Emily one because it's not really about her. All that we know about is like, oh, man, I, I hate the swamp. And, oh, and I miss my, my, my friends. Whereas Grady's like, he's got all of that, but also he's got an exciting story going on. That's all. I feel like, basically, Emily is, in fact, underdeveloped is more the point. I in a very funny way. I
2: question about Emily, actually. How mm. old is she meant to be? Because when I first saw drive. her, I was like... So I'm going to say 12, 16. 12, 13. But then she could drive, as you said. And I was like, but I don't know what the is. She said
0: she just got her license. Uh, those of us who are paying attention. Um, <laughs> noticed that her father said that she just but got her license. Not a big man to pay
2: attention go. Go. to Goosebumps, Joe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's a great sign of intellect to watch <laughs> the entire two uh, episodes of, of uh, high Goosebumps. High absolutely wrapped. Absolutely wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think she's about 16. I wasn't sure what age uh, Grady was. I, I I in my notes I put tween. He seems like he's probably 12 13. Yeah, I, yeah, 12 or 13 is just the age it's of the, the characters. Um, also moving he's a middle schooler.
1: Moving to a new house is a bit of a motif. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a motif of the show. It happens a lot. RL Stein is creatively bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. We
2: forgot the actual start of the show.
1: Oh, yeah. R.L. Stein presents this one. Again. He
0: outros it.
2: I've only seen this twice, and one was last week.
0: Yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever seen the fantastic show Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. So, so, obviously, obviously, so, the... the the premise essentially is that Marenghi is a hack horror writer, styled on probably more Stephen King than R.L. Stein, but not dissimilar. And it's essentially him presenting his own show, which kind of sandwiches uh, this adaptation of his horror novel set in a in a weird hospital. <laughs> so it's a and, and each episode opens with him very grandiosely talking about how excellent a writer he is and his editor um who's called Dean something spelled by Richard Ioadi, just just talking about how, how fantastic he is oh Dean Lerner that's it and it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever but it has the classic trope of the author introducing and then closing their own work by saying aren't I bloody great basically <laughs> you you might notice him from the uh there's like a i don't know if you call it a meme as such but um the quote which is i know writers that use subtext and they're all cowards that's <laughs> which, which that a sentiment I, yeah. I can fully fully get behind <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 that that sort of introduction which i absolutely love um so if, if you're looking for a better kind of horror comedy show to watch simply go for garth dark
2: garth listenership ship, away to a different show. Come on, man.
0: Gonna... Well, like, it's, it, it, it's, it's only like one... It's on Channel 4. There's only like six <laughs> episodes. I think it's late 90s, early noughties. I'm going to guess like 2002, maybe, actually. That's like a rough, a rough guess. Uh, what? You know, watch that. It'll take you, what, three hours and then come back? It's done. <laughs> uh, what else have you got to do? Be until the end of the show, audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> when you find the time. i a lot of attention paying...
2: I don't know. Season season five of right. the Goosebump could be
1: the dark, season five. We're
2: gonna run out of goosebumps eventually. We
1: are gonna run out of. Go- I Should we just go cyclically and just <laughs> <laughs> no
0: go back around to episode I, one? I'm not yeah. prepared
2: to revisit Carly Beth.
0: I do d- to, to 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 return after what I'll admit is quite a segue of my own making <laughs> to the fact that you know he's he's moved into this house. I do love that Grady spots what absolutely does appear to be a bloodstain, and his mom says, "Oh no, that's uh." Dry rot, so unconvincingly. Like, I, I, she wasn't at all perturbed by that. I Edwin, mean, the fact that you've got dry rot in a house that you just moved to isn't a good sign in the first place. Let's not beat around the bush. Like, they, surely there must have been, you know, in the area, in a swamp somewhere, better-looking properties that required slightly less maintenance. And also, I feel like you can't just move in and say there's definitely no blood there when it visibly looks quite a lot like a blood stain. <laughs> you don't know. It could, it could be, you know, both blood and dry rot, or either. I mean, I think one
1: can help the other. Mum says we uh, move into a rustic house. What she means is dilapidated. <laughs> it is a yeah. real wreck. It's an awful looking
0: place. Because I, I always think of rustic as being like real estate agent slang for more like, perhaps like kind of like small and kind of like basic, not, not particularly kind of nice. This, this isn't just that though. It's, it's large and, and, you know, theoretically could be quite pleasant. It's just gone to hell. It's truly awful.
1: Oh yeah, there's like stuff growing in there. There are snakes everywhere. It's a little bit big odd,
0: holes. Yeah. It's not a nice a nice place to
1: live.
0: Well yeah, speaking of the, the creepy crawlies and, and whatnot, so there's a snake in the medicine cabinet, which is when we first hear about the fact that the house is located next to a swamp. Honestly, I thought that was actually quite a good little bit of exposition. I think the dialogue there, you know, the dad's like, Well, you know, you're gonna find these kind of things when you live near a swamp. I'm like, okay, so we've located ourselves here. As I say, I was I was surprised <laughs> at times by the quality of the writing in this show. What, what got me was uh,
1: a moment where the dialogue and what was happening on screen didn't quite match up. The father's on the grass snake, obviously, and says, Grady, you've got to take this outside. And Grady acts incredulously like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. But the father's already handed him the snake. I got the impression that Grady was supposed to be freaked out by the idea of having to hold the snake, but he's already holding it, which makes it seem more like he just didn't want to outside. Like, <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean we, well, we do to discover just don't make me warm. <laughs> <laughs> Well we, we do discover later that Grady is actually quite an active kid, so like it's not you know it's it's not the foreshadowing he might have wanted i think it'd be very funny if actually rather than going out to fight the werewolf great is just staying at home he doesn't he doesn't care the werewolf comes and gets him all it's like honestly as long as i'm not shifting it i'm happy
1: yeah yeah it was just it was a little uh, disconnect between the script and
0: the direction there, yeah I think.
2: That's
0: good. The, there's also there's a part where emily finds a, a large spider in what looks like a pot of moisturiser. What's interesting is that the pot is sealed and looks pretty new. So I can only assume <laughs> that somebody willingly put the spider in a little pot of moisturiser. It's not gonna crawl in there, it's fully sealed. So <laughs> I think basically, she's been pranked. Somewhere
1: else. That could be a, a good one for Dad, who's like a nature guy. Mm. Dad's here doing um, some kind of research. Some
0: some sort. Well, the, 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 I think the, the line that they're giving is that they want to see how deer, and they've brought about five deer with them. That was initially when I saw the deer in the enclosure. I was like, what the hell have they got pet deer? <laughs> Who are these idiots? Um, then it's, they're releasing about these five deer... Uh, to see how they adapt to the swamp, which feels like the vaguest science experiment <laughs> I've ever come across. Now, I'm not a scientist. You two are. But I feel like, generally speaking, you need to have more of a kind of a, a hypothesis on the go than let's see what happens when you put deer in a swamp. I don't, he, did, he did have a hypothesis. He said
1: they will adapt. <laughs>
0: That's quite an assertion. <laughs> what assert. does that mean? <laughs> in this context, what does that mean?
1: He's hoping they'll develop sort of like,
0: Stilts or perhaps (laughs) gills of some sort. I like that a lot. I like sort of like, I mean, to be fair, that sort of physical metamorphosis would go very well thematically with the episode. (laughs) Oh, it could. I
1: did
2: think at one point, because I don't actually remember why, but at some point a deer crashed through the window, right? And I was like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yeah. It's a were deer. That's the plot twist. I thought that the deer themselves were the werewolves. For oh. a hot second, and then it turned into something a little less mad, but...
1: It wasn't. You know, you I mean, know what I thought when I first saw Dad with the deers? Because he's, he's wearing a
0: sort of cat. He's wearing a hat like a hunter's hat. I, I made a note about his outfit. He's wearing, he's wearing a nice shirt, a waistcoat, and a, a fedora with a little feather in it. It looks remarkably Germanic. This is a very alpine look to be, oh, to be going for the swamps. I thought Australian hunter... Like,
1: for me the, 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 outfit. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: that's why I, my God. I, I feel like his I, mean, I could be wrong here I feel like his his waistcoat and hat really had a sort of like a kind of yodeling vibe <laughs> to me <laughs> I, I very much yodeling. saw kind of like kind of the Swiss Austrian Alps kind of a kind of a atmosphere uh, and I've got to say um, I brought it up slightly before I think dad kind of cool guy a little maybe a little a little bit of a hot dad situation I think uh, in in this episode of Goosebumps,
2: I think what our listeners need to understand about Joe is got he's got the classic dad crush complex. I think it's fair to say.
1: I, oh, th- I, th- I, think, I think Joe looks towards dads with an eye to crush.
2: Yes, beforehand, he's looking, he's looking for a dad.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll with...
0: otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think that's fair to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, regrettably. I, th- I think what's what's interesting is that like. I don't know. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're a, they're a nice family. They've all moved down here. I didn't actually. I, you know, I'm going to cut this segue because it doesn't make any sense what we're talking. About. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for self censoring, so I don't have to do my job as a presenter. Well, <laughs> oh, that's that's fine. I, 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 what I would say is that I think actually surprisingly progressive family is what I was going for. Like, so you know, they, uh, Grady finds out about the vagrant, and I did, I did think by the way. And I made a note, a better episode for the title than The Werewolf of Fever Swamp would be The Vandal and the Vagrant. Because they have a dog called Vandal and the Vagrant is a big plot point. But anyway, next time R.L. Stein hire me. So, <laughs> I mean,
1: that was, uh, that is actually a much better name. Yeah. I think it is. Definitely. Mm. I saw Dad in his, because I was thinking um, Wild at Heart, if anyone remembers the TV show from about 10 years ago. Oh, they' too young white shirt, sort of like a brown waistcoat and like a, a crocodile dundee white mm-hmm. like, hat is what i what I saw in him, but like a budget version. I shouldn't be brought the deer in sort of like a deadliest game fashion to hunt <laughs> 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 like Where you I just like- release them into the swamp and then just like get out there with like a bowie knife and a
0: <laughs> <laughs> Like a bow and arrow. I just assumed they were like irresponsible pet owners. That was my, my first thought was like, they, they, they keep deer, I guess. It's probably gonna be like a, a peacock coming up there. Maybe they've got a pet alligator as well. I don't know. <laughs> We've moved to the swamp to start a deer farm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This yeah. this is a nice break from the scenery of most Goosebumps episodes, because they do tend to be in the suburbs. All
2: of them. All mm-hmm. of
1: them, bar, like, two weird detours to Egypt and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Egypt.
0: Like, I think they actually do a really good... I and mean, obviously, we know it's a swamp, we don't know where the swamp is. There's some speculation as to it being a particular part of the States. Although I feel like the actors have... I don't know if they are Canadian, but there definitely seem to be some Canadian accents. And I, I don't know much about the swamps of Canada. There probably are some somewhere. Um, but I, what I like is that they have the slide guitar playing quite a lot to let you know that it's rural USA. That's that's classic, uh, you know, muse, music sto- musical storytelling. It's that okay? We're in we're in the backwoods here. I think that
1: says of quite revealing a sentence here because Grady comes out to see his father who's like tending to the deers he's feeding them sh- something out of a bucket maybe a shrimp I don't know what deer is. classic
0: deer shrimp yeah I, you know what I when I see deer in the wild which I do occasionally a few different types they tend to be in fields not you know lakes but at the same time who's to say where they sneak off to at night Pro- probably to some sort of shrimp restaurant, I think. <laughs> I think Bubba Gums.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they close up at 10, but they're actually open till 3, Bubba Gums. They've got that <laughs> that extra client, the dear clientele,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> Have we got any further in this episode yet?
0: Gotta make a point. Okay. About, um, uh, you've got a point about dialogue here. I wonder if it's the same point that I also uh, highlighted about dialogue in my own notes. So I'm, I'm curious to see. Oh, it could be. Let's let's compare notes here. I I got that Grady comes out to talk to his
1: dad about the situation. You know, they've just moved across country. And he's like, what am I supposed to do here? And dad looks around and says, you're going to be spending your teen years at fever swamp. Do you think that was gonna happen? And I don't I couldn't place his tone. Like, is he is he glad that his kids are gonna be there? Or is he like, I'm sorry this has happened, or is he like
0: yeah. I, I imagined it. I I sort I of felt it as like there's a sense of wonder. It's like, did you ever think you'd be spending your teenage years in a place like Fever Swamp? He bloody loves the swamp, he's thinking it's great. And then Grady says something that I don't feel like a child would say, which is Not in my wildest dreams. Which strikes me as as very much. I just doesn't seem like a child mannerism. There were other times that Grady said things that I'm like, this is written by an adult. (laughs) It just it did not like obviously. I wasn't expecting a team of child child workers to be churning out goosebumps. But you know, it did. You know, not in my wildest dreams. I feel like when I was you know 13, I, I was I feel like I was a relatively you know eloquent tween as things go like quite annoying probably for it (laughs) i don't think i would have said that and uh, i'm I'm using myself as the standard here
2: (laughs) i feel like when it depends how old you're when i was younger like if you read anything i wrote when i was like a child it always comes across as like i'm a 50s housewife like it's very Mm. i've just heard adults copying it kind of yeah It's,
0: it's it's just specifically not in my wildest dreams just doesn't sound right I don't, he could have he heard that I one. Think something about the concept of it, does, does like a 12-year-old have a concept of which dreams are particularly wild and which ones are just dreams? You know, I just, I just, it just doesn't, I don't know, it rubbed me the wrong way, slightly. <laughs> and, I, and I say this, as I, I've got to say, a big fan of Grading as a character, as an actor, I thought he delivered. Of course. <laughs> Look, <laughs> for, for a relatively low-budget TV show, they pulled an okay cast, I'll say that much. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, no I, no complaints on the acting front this episode for for myself.
2: Well, I, I don't know when is a good time to bring this up. Okay. But I'm going to do it now, because I feel you can put it anywhere. The, the other kid, Will. Will? I know his face, and I don't know why. Did you know his face?
0: If I'm honest, he had kind of like a generic kind of freak no. kid look. So. No, I know this boy. Nah, I'm not. I'm not sure. He may. He may have grown up to be a very handsome man, for all I know. But I. I just. Yeah. I. I couldn't. I couldn't place him myself. Although I did. I do have some. Some issues with some of his deliveries, which we'll get to later. And to be honest, I frankly, I blame the direction more than the boy himself.
2: Is he in anything?
0: Um. I had a quick look up of the dude, see what.
1: Uh, what he was in. What he did. Most recently it was in the two thousand four
0: Dawn of the Dead remake, if anyone saw it. You know that. what, honestly, not bad, actually. Like I feel like it, it lacks some of the kind of satirical intent, uh some of the comedy of the original Dawn of the Dead, but it turns it into a big fun action romp. Um, I, so- I was
1: I was quite a fan of, of the two thousand and four Dawn of the Dead remake. I mm-hmm. thought it was, I thought it was really decent. It might have been because yeah but by the time we came onto like film four or whatever i was like maybe 13 or 14 and it's like oh we can watch spooky scary
0: like horror films now and that was one of the first that was kind I of i think you know that this was sort of that was like the beginning of my zombie phase i probably watched it in about 2007 and i was you know i like i like zombies in my, teen, in my teenage years so i think that you know it probably explains something for me. And I do want to say that you know, despite that, I do hate Zack Snyder, um, <laughs> truly awful, truly awful director. Um, in in my opinion, um, this one film, which like is good schlock, withstanding, and maybe that's just because somebody else had already done all the material for him, uh, <laughs> namely yes, George A. Romero, who, as we all know, a good director. Well, I yeah, a better, I'll say. I, yeah, I, I I probably ought to rewatch Dawn of the Dead and realise that I don't like it and that it's actually bad. <laughs> but also I kind of want to hold it, you know, in, in my heart I was like it's, it's a schlock. Like I don't I never expect a zombie film to be good. I don't think I can think of really more than two, three zombie films that I think are actually critically like good. Oh, you've got twenty eight days le- later, you got twenty eight weeks later, and there's got no hang on, I need to think of another one. I definitely I've definitely seen other zombie films that I thought were good. What's the romance one? The romance zombies, warm dead heart. heart, warm bodies, dead hearts—a similar thing. Heart. Warm bodies was all right actually. That was that—that that had something going for it. I feel like it, it tried to be a bit too grand in scope for what's like a really dumb premise, <laughs> but it's all right. The, the Dawn of dead two thousand and four film. I know this
1: has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but I need to bring it up because it will bother me otherwise. It does this thing that I really dislike in films, which is use color honestly the moment they added sound to the pictures (laughs) i was out i was no longer having a good time we need to go all the way back you know what i think i think the image not very good let's go back to books
0: yeah i feel like you know image hit and missed moving image not bloody likely i'll tell you that much not in my books but books notably I do want to clarify, I do think there are old zombie films that are good, but I think uh, you know, of so the last 30 years, there are fewer good zombie films. I'll leave it at that much. All that said, actually, Wait. film... Uh, Dawn of the Dead 2004 remake,
1: Zack Snyder, um, they do the awful fake-out thing where there's an end to the film, and then during the credits, they keep cutting back to what happened after the end of the film,
0: and it's, and it's just that they all died. Is that did the they, they go on a boat and just, like, sail into the distance? Is that how that one ends? Yeah, the, the film ends with them
1: getting to the boat. Uh, somebody makes a heroic sacrifice and they get to sail off into the unknown. But then, through the credits, we keep cutting to them, like, on a boat. They find that one of the characters that they've been with was, like, a horrible murderer because there's all, like, corpses on his boat. And then they get to an island and then zombies are there and they, and they just all get eaten.
0: Like, yep. I, I feel oh. like that's, that's Zack Snyder in a nutshell, though, isn't it? It's like, yeah. take any nuance or ambiguity and just, like, pummel it into oblivion. Uh, just flatten everything the, out. The Disturbed, uh, Down
1: With A Sickness, is playing the entire time. Is There's it been,
0: actually? Oh, that's, that's a song choice. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, none of this has anything to do with the show. Uh, <laughs> Well, so, but it's at, at this point though, it's you know when when uh, Greedy goes into the swamp shortly after this, doesn't he? And he meets the the hermit, the swamp hermit, who at uh, first doesn't doesn't appear to to employ the use of language, uh, or at least not as I recognise it. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's, a very, um, that's a very tactful way of saying he's really
1: creepy. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> it's it's like he he is creepy, and honestly, like I having never seen the show had expectations that the Vagrant was going to be the bad guy. I mean, I assume spoilers are like, you know, part and parcel of this entire podcast, right? Nobody's going to care if I re- reveal who the I Werewolf is. That.
1: I mean, we don't usually, but I am
0: happy to radically change the form for guests. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, all <laughs> well, I was going to say is, I I expected that the Vandal you know, it's very much set up as, oh, this 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 guy, not the vandal, the Vagrant rather, it's very much set up that the Hermit... Is the werewolf. All the signs point to him being the werewolf. And I thought, let's be honest, I have very low expectations. There's not gonna be a twist. It's just gonna be the guy that you thought did it, he did it. And I was I was pleasantly surprised when they, you know, went for slightly more than the bare minimum.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. And that... instead
0: went for the second creepiest character in the TV show. About the only non-family character. There were only two possible suspects. Oh, I just realized oh, this. Yeah, there were yeah. only ever two suspects, and you find out that it's not one of them. So hell, who's it gonna be?
1: <laughs> it's it's got the wide wide call failed Scooby Doo problem, which is when
2: you'd call it this, would you? Yeah, this is a term you use failed Scooby Doo problem. The Are you fail-
0: familiar with the the failed Scooby Doo problem theorem? No,
1: Weirdly, <laughs> you know, you know, in Scooby Doo where they meet like a cast of characters at wherever they show up, yeah. and it's one of them. It's like they, co- they go to, what like the family show up to a place and meet one guy, and then, and then it is the one guy. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. There, there were two characters. There's one who is too obvious to be, therefore powers of deduction. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't help that the two people that they meet, and maybe, you know, actually, there's something to be said that Goosebumps doesn't do a great job of representation for the swamp community, is that... <laughs> Um, they meet two people and they're both very weird and not very nice. What have
2: we got against Will? I like Will.
0: Will's a creep. I mean, obviously, you would like him. Will's a creepy
1: dude. (laughs) (laughs) Will's, in the same way that uh, the dad is Joe's type, Will is your type.
2: What does
1: this mean? He's the sort of, like, feral pervert.
0: (laughs) He's a weird swamp person. You (laughs) love swamp people. It's just fun. I, 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 one of the, I do love, by the way. When, so they they meet each other. Will, so not Will Grady, is just you know throwing a baseball to himself by himself because <laughs> he has no friends. His dad doesn't love him. So he then meets Will. They have a little handshake. They have a little chat, and um, Will says, "Oh, you know, there aren't many people around here. Did you have lots of friends back home?" And Grady's like, "Yeah, I had twenty friends living down my street." And it's like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> <I didn't know. laughs> that's that's a that's a a, a real boast there. Hi, uh, I'm new to the area. Um, I'm looking to make friends. I've got tons though already. It's fine, actually.
2: <laughs> this not... is how I felt when I moved to Devon. I.
0: I it's just... It's just, it's just... Wait, like, Oh, I have so many friends and now I'm here with, you know, Bucktooth
1: Thronkett. I used to live in London. You heard of London? London? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Do you know how many people love me? Some. People <laughs> in my <laughs> past thought I was cool in London and then they took did me you, to the country did you so? have do you have 20 friends 20, 20 friends down your streets so? you did you Listen have 20 friends do you have 20 friends this. you won't believe on this on your street, you won't believe this but I, it is true I swear to god I had to make a rotor of who I would play with at break and lunch because people were getting upset that I wasn't playing
1: with I believe that of you because you're you're a you're a sociopath <laughs> <laughs> you know, not <don't> understand <laughs> interaction properly, you have to schedule people in like appointments.
2: I did. I did spend half of my breaks. Like,
1: Honestly, <laughs> guys,
0: thank you. With... thank you so much for turning up late to this scheduled appointment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind, by the way. I'm just I'm just just joshing for the sake of a joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The food wasn't late at all. We just had to. Uh, we had too much fun with our
0: nine o'clock and just had to <laughs> had to move you, had to move you back. Sign by the way that we do get that Will's a weird dude, but they do this. They do this several times. Multiple characters do this. Is that the person that he's talking to? Grady is looking away from the camera into the swamp. Will looks almost directly at the camera and delivers a menacing monologue, which is just—it's classic. It's classic goosebumps. I can only imagine. It's absolutely
1: <laughs> classic. You are right. It is yeah. classic goosebumps. I mean what? Yeah, if,
0: I, if I were delivering a monologue
2: <laughs> not a little bit because he's he's got a good fashion sense he's trying to <laughs> it's he's, not good fashion.
0: he's got this weird like ragged body warmer and like a scrappy overshirt it's
2: not he's good a colorful' red it is, it is a
1: green t-shirt and then a entirely sleeveless <laughs> <laughs> it's like a gilet right <laughs> right um,
2: dungarees like a hero shirt. and he's trying to welcome the new kid he invites him to his garden to shoot stuff. That's nice. <laughs> That's sweet. That's friendly. He's the only person who's giving this city loser the time of
1: day.
0: I mean, this, right. yeah, there's nobody else. There's nobody else around to give him the time of day. Houses <laughs> a swamp, and they hang out. In- incredibly <laughs> suspicious that. Um. Well, I, I've got some questions actually about when they first moved there. I feel like you move somewhere, you meet your neighbors pretty soon. That's pretty standard. Somebody is going to come over and say hi. You've just moved here. Welcome.
2: That's not like, standard, I wouldn't say.
0: I feel like if, you're like, if you're moving, like, okay, if you're moving into, like, an apartment in a city, maybe not. If you're moving to the rural swamp, and there's nobody else there, <laughs> your neighbours are gonna come and say hi. Yeah. Well, we immediately established that that's but not what, happened.
2: What if they're like, get out of my swamp! What if they... So, do you want to
0: do your Mike Myers Scottish impression again, please? <laughs> that
2: wasn't an impression, that was just the line, that was just my voice. What if oh, they okay. build a wall halfway through the swamp with, with branches? And they're like, you, you live in the outhouse, um, donkey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what, what, what if, for instance, this were in fact a different Swamp? And in fact, not this TV show at all, but a claimed film, Shrek. I can, I can hear the cogs whirring in your mind,
1: because you've just linked Swamp to Shrek. Bro, can, no,
2: like 20 can... minutes ago, I was like, what if his skin turned green and everyone just left it? I've been talking about oh, Shrek wow. subtly for the whole time.
1: <laughs> oh, I already I I really felt you struggling there. No, but... that
2: was for comedic effect, I'm afraid. I
1: don't know. Turns
2: out I'm smarter than I come across, and it's deliberate, yeah. Probs.
1: Yeah, but who's in control of the edit and can make you sound dumb again? The speller.
2: I hope you leave that in. Yeah. everyone knows they malicious. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the to, fact to, I've to left get, it
0: in. They'll know that there's a reason. Shh, Joe for was
2: it. saying something and I
0: interrupted it with Shrek. So, to, to briefly go back to the fact that at no point do the Tuckers say hello to Will and his family, uh, and, and vice versa, it became quite apparent that Will doesn't have parents. Uh, quite early on, um, and I think it's 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 odd that least people move in. It's like, oh yes, there's a feral swamp boy living on his own next door, and that's fine. He can't be older than fourteen, but that's fine.
1: System, Joe, give him a break. Yeah, you you think as soon as a new neighbor moved in across the way from you, built a deer pen and started doing weird <laughs> animal science, you'd like go and say hi, like, and what are you doing? Why are there deer here? Why have you got green lights in your basement? What is this about?
2: I feel like Will doesn't have parents. I think that's that's true.
0: Yeah, I think. I think. Well, yeah, because We do see this, actually, later on, where Grady, you know, goes and he hears weird noises. He goes into Will's house. The place is actually demolished, and there's no sign of a Mr. and Mrs. Blake. And, you know, no, he does call that out. No, and, no. I, as I say, there were some genuinely okay plot points, and that was one of them. It gets the certified <laughs> genuinely okay. Um... After this, of course, after you know Will and, and Grady meet each other, they then go down into the swamp, don't they? They do. They and uh, they go
1: to the swamp to to do the
2: classic local boy telling you all the horror stories from around the area to creep you out.
0: Yeah, like
1: look at this, look at this place. So, what got someone me, died here
2: last year?
1: Because he starts describing this this disease, this sickness that comes from the swamp and oh, affects yeah. people's minds. And he describes shaking and sweating. don't, I don't know, know, know about you guys, Swans. I thought immediately malaria. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: just, I just thought hot weather, but I guess <laughs> you know, malaria does also make sense.
1: <laughs> no, he, he, to, to my mind, he just described malaria like this was the 1800s. So he thought it was just like, Oh, it's the shaking season.
2: Oh it's, you just reminded me of a thing I read in my book last night that it's not strictly relevant, but I'm gonna share it anyway, because it drove me mad and I need to tell someone.
0: It, just like the fever would.
2: Yeah. Well, it's in the footnote in the back of this book was like, In the eighteen hundreds, medical science said that if women studied too much, all the blood would rush to their head, away from their womb, and they would become barren. <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> a genius just, theory. So, oh, it's awful, uh, obviously.
2: Historical women for not punching all of the men they knew to death. Anyway, how, like, no, like right.
0: how brazen do you have to be to come up with that as a theory? Like, know. oh, Stop incredible!
2: You might become smarter than me.
1: I, I also yeah. I mean, the, the logical fix for that is like keep studying but uh, masturbate whilst doing it. So you got
0: to <laughs> 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 both that <are> bad. <laughs> Just reading a textbook and thumping one out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be clear, obviously that's terrible, but it's also very funny. (laughs) So uh, uh, this is the point at which, as they enter the swamp, this is where Will starts talking about werewolves. And there's actually a curious bit of werewolf law here that I thought was really interesting, mm-hmm. where Grady says, oh, yeah, you know, you need silver bullets to kill werewolves, don't you? And we were just like, uh, actually, uh, werewolf invented silver bullets so that poor folk can't hunt them down, which is actually really cool as like a myth idea, yeah. right? That's, I thought, I was like, this, this is, I mean, this, this may exist in other werewolf law that I'm not, there's a lot of werewolf law that I'm not familiar with, I'll tell you that much. But I thought, that's neat. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the,
2: the only carry on. Goosebumps, I keep getting the show name wrong Goosebumps that I've been like, ah, huh, What a neat idea, I agree
1: yeah. Or oh, give, Given the fact What we learn about Will About Will later Is this itself this the itself trick <laughs> Like, ah, oh, werewolves Now no, werewolves made up The silver bullet thing Because he knows damn well that silver bullets do work <laughs> <laughs> And he's just trying he to convince
0: doesn't, He doesn't make
1: Werewolf psyop to
0: try and Confuse us, man. You may. Surely, so ex- if you are, if you are a werewolf, werewolf.
2: You, you were saying werewolf.
0: Werewolf. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought. I thought you were doing what we do in the shadows bit riff with werewolves. What? What are we do in the shadows? New Zealand werewolves. Oh. That's how they pronounce it. Like werewolves.
2: Ah.
0: Uh. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the werewolf.
2: Cleo, the The werewolf. Oh, Cleo, the werewolf. I can't do it.
0: Surely, if nobody else had thought that there were werewolves in the area, and you were a werewolf in a place with a population of six, <laughs> you would not introduce the notion that werewolves exist to your new neighbours, oh, right? But... Well, what no. Tra- tra- sure, surely, there's vast thing the smart
1: things to do first one, like, oh, it can't be me. I was the one who brought the thing up. Classic
0: like, werewolves play. Well, like, I, I don't, I think, like, bearing in mind this is set in a world in which plaus- you know, it, it seems like werewolves don't exist. It's not like you know they're a well known fact. As far as anybody knows, this is the only werewolf. You could have said basically anything and they would like if you're like, Oh yeah, sometimes they have a bear attacks. That would be a lot that would be fine. You don't need to incriminate yourself by introducing the idea of werewolves when you yourself are a werewolf. Maybe he doesn't know. I mean he does though, doesn't he? He's gotta know. He does. You're right. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't. Yes, he does. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm backing down. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think. Of, if there's a scenario in which he doesn't know, that would imply that there are other werewolves, right? That he's he's familiar with werewolves. He just doesn't know that he is one.
1: tying into the ending, am I right? He he lives he lives in the in the Goosebumps world. And what we've learned from watching this is that you can't take anything for granted in terms of what the characters do and don't know. Mm-hmm. A previous twist ending that we've had on the show before that I think you might appreciate. Are you going to talk about that one? I'm going to talk about oh. that one. Here we go. Weirdly also containing a humanoid, a humanoid wolf dog, Guy. I don't remember that. Welcome to Camp Nightmoon. Right? Uh, it was a two-part episode we did a little while ago, and... It was a boy was a being whole... hunted by a wolf.
2: Whole good plot.
1: Yeah, through this whole sort of like plot. For more details, listen to episodes uh, nine Six? and ten, I think, oh, okay. yeah. of, of of our show. The twist at the end was, oh, your parents were doing this as a test, so you could go and do science with them elsewhere. Because scientist parents happens
0: a lot, obviously. It's how good. you get the freaky D stuff happening, you know. Of course.
1: But the the double twist was we're going to Earth, and then they point at the sky, and Earth's there. (laughs) We were in space the whole time? We were were in space all
0: along. Incredible. (laughs) What a twist. Well, actually, the, the, the idea of having scientist parents, I actually think, you know, there is room for this to be actually quite a clever trope, because you've got these very rational parents you know, and they're adults as well, one, you know, they want to believe in, in rules and systems, at least as far as children's literature goes, versus children who are willing to believe in the fantastic, but also are exposed to the fantastical. So actually, the, the, this, you know, obviously uh, lets us sympathize with our, you know, our, our kind of tween protagonists, but secondarily as well, does make us think, well, you know, what do you do if you do encounter something that you simply can't explain? You know, I mean, I appreciate it's a, it's a very old trope, as it were, but I'm glad that it's something that Goosebumps engages with, which is that actually, you know, that there are a lot of things that are, are difficult to, to measure. And it's, it's going to be in these stories, the kids that engage with those things, because they're, you know, have looser perspectives, they do.
2: How dare you make me think something good about Goosebumps?
0: right. <laughs> I'm not like it's not it's not exactly pushing the envelope, but it is at least actually not bad.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you're you're absolutely right on this one. It's good to sit here. That, by the way, guys, this is the last episode of season one of Goosebumps. Is we it? made it. Yeah, we this made it the all the finale. way. Yeah,
0: we're here. We did it. Oh my gosh. Season. Finale. Am I am I the guest on the finale without even realizing it? Yeah. Wow. Man, we
1: did it. But we've had. Um, Three lots of scientist parents now, and like another two supporting science adults, mm. and this is the first time that dynamics come up. Like it's it's nice to see it put explicitly because I think the other times it was the parents either like absent because they're scientists or evil um,
2: because they're scientists, evil because
1: they're scientists, <laughs> or, or aliens because they're scientists, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and notably a plant because. They're a plant pretending to be a scientist, <laughs> pretending to be a parent.
0: <laughs> Incredible. I do. Is it clearer, actually, in any of the other episodes, what sort of scientists we have? Because I did notice, so for a bit of context, uh, you know, when they come back from the swamp, uh, they find Vandal, the dog, immediately Grady bonds with Vandal, becomes his new pet. However, Emily discovers a, a rabbit that's been mauled and she immediately pins it on Vandal. You said he, said he
1: immediately likes well, Vandal. Vandal is a wild dog that breaks <laughs> into their home, starts mauling Grady <laughs> until he's pulled off. And Grady's like, he's my new best friend.
0: <laughs> That's a bad one. I say immediately, you're right. There was a brief period in which Grady thinks he's being attacked by a werewolf, then realises it is some sort of, like, collie cross. <laughs> and it's actually delightful. It was
1: actually just a regular-sized
0: dog. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a normal dog that was licking his face. Yeah, although you, you'd have to wonder where where he came from, uh, Vandal. It's it is unknown. There can't be, you know. They, they they say that he's a stray, but I feel like in order for the dog to have got there, you know, into the middle of nowhere swamp, there must have been a previous owner, right, or something like that.
1: Vandal is a is a MacGuffin dog. He is, oh, absolutely, he's a he, plot dog. He is, so it's not so obvious who the werewolf is later. Yeah, he's a he's, he's
0: classic plot dog, you know, it's, 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 it's the tried and tested formula. He's
2: the same plot dog as in the Sponge episode as well, I think.
0: Oh yeah, there's a, yeah, again, the he, very same dog actor.
2: I think it's the same dog actor, it looks oh, like, sweet. I mean, I'm not- a It's a very dog. handsome
0: dog. I don't but think he was- About
2: that one cat in the dog episode.
0: There was that one cat in the dog episode. <laughs> 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 Look, I'll say it now, I don't think Vandal was pedigree. That's not a bad thing, of course, but I think we can't pinpoint a singular breed. His
2: heart was pedigree.
0: Oh, yeah, he's, I, I want to say very clearly, uh, I'm a big fan of almost all dogs, and Vandal in particular, a delight, a charming young man. I, <laughs> I see great things for him happening in the future. But I got to this and, uh, initially, I, I apologize for sort of slightly taking the direction of the show at that point, um, but basically because we we run into some confusion as to what kind of scientists the the, uh, the Tucker family are, because... They are dear behaviourists. Simultaneously, you also have uh, Mr. Tucker, the father, uh, operating on, or at least looking like he's cutting up a rabbit for reasons that I don't understand. And then also, the mum is standing by uh, a vial of boiling green chemicals that
1: probably have a purpose. That's what gets me, is A, the sister goes for a walk, Emily, and finds a... a mutilated rabbit and thinks it's alive for like way way too long
2: yeah who brings that home
1: and then so oh there's a dead rabbit outside they're presumably putting rubber gloves on okay it's autopsy time <laughs> to see what happened to this to this yeah. rabbit I'm not sure I would have I would come to that conclusion. A rabbit's died on my property. I'd better figure out how by conducting an autopsy in my basement.
0: I think that's the thing. It's like, I feel like even if you are some sort of zoologist, you don't routinely do autopsies on roadkill or whatever. You, know? you don't just like, find a dead animal. But like, cause of death? It just doesn't, it doesn't guess really guess make sense. Emily
2: was framing the doggo. And when there's a debate like that, where it's potential dog life on, on the line, you've got to get some evidence for the trial.
1: I don't. It does. It does. Um, I think it speaks a little bit to a real misunderstanding of how how people work on Dad's part, because Emily comes back upset that a rabbit's been killed on mm. his property, and Dad's like, "How am I going to fix this? I'll I'll figure out how it died." so I can explain to my daughter the process by which it, it was exterminated.
0: Maybe that's sort of reinforcing the fact that, you know, the parents are, although they may love their kids, kind of hard-edged scientists at heart, you know? I think maybe it's reinforcing that little character. They
2: love their kids. <laughs>
0: they, they may, they may. Like, I, I think, actually, they seem like a pretty nice family, to be honest. They seem like they've got a good relationship between each of them. Uh, although actually there's, there's one point at which Grady's trying to fix the TV uh, for everyone's benefit, I would imagine. His parents are like, oh my God, Grady, shut up. <laughs> it's like, you know. And then Emily's just lying there reading a book on the sofa, and he's like, oh man, I'm bored. And it's like, he's, he's trying to help. He's trying to fix the TV. I feel for Grady there. I feel for him. Yeah, especially because
1: like mum and dad are crowded around the computer. They're not getting like, a TV signal, so I doubt they're like... <laughs> It's 1996, they're not on the internet. So they, what are they doing? What, playing Minesweeper <laughs> Yeah, so what? Yeah,
0: I was thinking about like a very old Word document open or something. It's like, things to do with the house. You know? <laughs> I also, I do, I do wanna say that, the dad says that, you know, something like about, you know, six or seven rabbits were attacked uh, in the night. Dogs attacking rabbits isn't that unusual. Now, admittedly a dog attacking six or seven rabbits in one night is a lot and obviously it's not nice when you see a dog attack a rabbit but it's not like the sign of like a feral savage insane dog it's just dogs like chasing rabbits because they move fast and then oftentimes they don't even kill them they just sort of you know shake them about hold on their mouths and then put them down or whatever you know like it's not great for the rabbit but i don't think it's indicative that vandal needs to be put down or whatever no i agree no,
1: my my dog is like this. My my dog's a lurcher. but when we got her, it was it was clear that she'd been a coursing dog, dog. I, I sort of like a travelling community. They you know, send them out to go and like catch rabbits or hares and stuff, kind of bring them back. But had been abandoned for some reason. And we and like she's got a lovely temperament. She's not like a a bad dog. We <laughs>
2: she's nervous,
1: confused for <laughs> for young. It's like this. She's not lame. She's not, like, biting people. Why have they they abandoned this dog? And and anyway, we take her out for a walk a few times. (laughs) And it becomes clear that she's perfectly capable of catching rabbits. It's just that she won't kill them. She will try to mother them. So she picks up these very confused rabbits... And they just have to lie in the middle of the path, like, wet and un- misunderstanding as she, like, like curls around them
0: like, like they're her puppies. My, my old Springer was like that, actually. Like, he, he was pretty fast as, as dogs go, because it's, it's often quite hard for dogs to to catch rabbits, like, if they're not, if they're not bred for it and bred, bred for speed. He'd occasionally sort of, like, pick them up in his mouth and then sort of bring them over, and then just sort of, like, place it there. And then he's like, what, do you want us to throw this for you? <laughs> and obviously at this point, you know, the rabbit runs away and he sort of watches it go. It's, it's very peculiar.
2: I'm going to throw a little suggestion out while there's a pause in mm. speaking. Don't feel you have to agree, either of you. <laughs> Given that we're progressing reasonably slowly through the episode, should we perhaps take a little interval so I can eat dinner and then come back and smash through the rest of it? Um, right. I'm
0: about halfway through my notes, which probably puts us about halfway through the episode. Yeah, yeah, as long as occasionally I've, strewn together what happened in the show as well. yeah. I Yeah, I, I had some thoughts about the ending actually having the capacity to be surprisingly moving. Um, <laughs> but, you know, not that it was, but like, I think it's a classic situation that I think you often get when you engage with what is basically bad media, where you see potential. And you think, oh, if this had been executed better, I would actually be quite moved. So what you do is you sort of think your way through how you could actually be slightly, you know, provoked by by what's occurring um, because they haven't really delivered it for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Weirdly, we did used to try and do that for pretty much every episode, but gave up fairly quickly.
2: Is that what you were trying to do? I get it now.
1: You know, the, well, the first the first couple would be like thoughts at the end, and mm-hmm. I'd go on a 15 or 20 minute spiel about um, <laughs> that R.L. Stein picking up on cultural moments and trying to link it into... Into the rise of stuff like Fight Club and
0: Green Day. <laughs> oh, we've we've got a little bit, I suppose, of like you know the we you could theoretically <laughs> link um, sort of the, the hardline scientists with the rational thought too. I guess you know the mid nineties being a real high point for like new atheism. You know, <laughs> you could you could you could say you know the parents bloody love a bit of Dawkins, don't they? But <laughs> I think that's maybe not the point. <laughs> I think the werewolf is sort of accepting that which cannot be quantified. I think it's, it's <laughs> about allowing for the room, you know, allowing room for things that you cannot understand. Not that you, just that you don't, but that you can't and that's okay. There may, there may be a way to theorise how and why werewolves exist, but I think that's not the point of these <laughs> bugs. The point is that there is a werewolf, and he's, he's a poor young boy, and he's got no friends. But like you kind of see why, because he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, he did. He did. He did kill an
1: entire family. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah. Blight, he did annihilate a bloke. I have a theory
2: on this. Oh no! You... Yeah, I've got a theory, and it's going to stick up for Will.
1: Oh man, and we'll get to that after we've had some dinner. Thanks for <laughs> sticking around. Welcome back to part two soon.
2: Oh, that was for the audience. Oh, I yeah, thought yeah, that was yeah, very yeah. formal for me and Joe. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah I, was, I was like, wow, I feel, you know, is this, is this live? Uh. <laughs>